Law Focus Podcast. Law Focus. Point, point of information. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Law Focus. <laughs> I'm Tap Mahapi and I'm here with Millicent. And together we are your voice of law for the evening right here on Vow FM 88.1. And tonight we're going to be discussing something that's close to almost everybody's heart. Children and the law. So the children the child children's justice act uh, the child justice the sorry the child justice act the children's act uh, which are acts which have brought south african law in line with uh, international standards uh, we're also going to touch on the sexual offenses as uh, children are often the uh, victims of sexual uh, crimes and um, we are celebrating um, national uh, child Protection Week and that's the reason why this is the focus of our discussion this week. Absolutely and to join us in our conversation this evening we're going to talk to Mr. Mahade Nkhapili who is a lawyer from Legal Aid as well as Conor Mumalo she is the Director uh, General at the Department of Social Development and Ms. Joanne Panikar from Childline and they're going to basically help us uncover all these issues that we're going to be having a conversation about tonight. Of course this wouldn't be a conversation without you and if you would like to join Join us. Do make sure that you tweet us on at VowFM using the hashtag LawFocus. Remember, you can also send us a voice note on WhatsApp. The number to dial is 084-078-4912. But before we get into that, we're going to first check in with our legal hotspots. You are tuned into LawFocus on VowFM 88.1. Rounding up all, all the top stories of the week is Legal Hotspots. So the red ants have begun demolishing homes in Alex. Um, that's Alexandria Township, just north of, uh, uh, in the northern part of Johannesburg. Now, these demolitions began about two days ago, and uh, the homes were, of course, illegal, built on the banks of the Yukske River. Mm. Uh, there have been massive protests, and uh, it's caused a massive upheaval within the township. Yeah, and of course, there are also uh, issues of who gave authorization for for, for this uh, demolition. The red ants always show up in winter. I'm not sure why, who they are, who established them, who is in control of this body, and why nothing is being done about it, because every single year, it is the exact same issue. And unfortunately, Alex is the same place where, before the elections, there were disruptions again so yes. the service delivery in that area is quite bad as well yeah well i can tell you that the red ants are a lawful body or <laughs> group and uh, they would only do a, a a demolition by way of court order they normally assist the sheriff um, so it shouldn't be too difficult to find out who has applied for this demolition or eviction uh, just by drawing the court order but yes it is very 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 sad yeah it's very it seems unethical. We'll wait for the politicking to end and then we'll hear the real truth. And in a more exciting story, I am so happy because Miss First Lady of Sports, Casta Semenya, was cleared. Of course, it is temporary for now. Um, she managed to win the appeal against the IAAF, which wanted people like her, uh, DSD athletes, uh, intersex athletes who run particularly the 400 meter race to lower their testosterone by taking hormone supplements and she was like, I am not doing that. Yeah. So the Swiss Supreme Court said on Monday that um, she does not have to do that so she will be competing for now. Yes, for now. For yes, now. Yes. Um, the, until the appeal actually hasn't been heard yet. Yet. Yes, but pending the, uh, the, the appeal, um, the uh, the effect of the um, the ruling has been suspended. I'm sure this is a matter that probably confuses many people. Maybe not just now about the testosterone, but also about the appeal courts and how it works. Is it because the IAAF is in Switzerland? Is that why the appeal courts are... Because someone asked an interesting question. Could a constitution, I mean the South African court, um, be an appeal court for this matter. I actually wonder how that works, but I think it would be something interesting for us to explore. Yeah, that would be a very interesting conversation. But as it stands, she can run. Now, child uh, abuse and, and the murder of children has been on the front line again, unfortunately, this week. Uh, grade 11 pupil was stabbed to death at the Forest Hill High School, and that is in Turfentine. Uh, it, it will appear as though there was a, a, a running fight 
you know, which ran for about the, the whole weekend and culminated in the stabbing on Monday. Uh, the stabbing was fatal mm. for one of the children, and the parents have alerted the department that the school is actually becoming a drug den and uh, violence and and and, uh, and beatings and so on are not an uncommon occurrence there. It's a very, very worrying yeah. development that we have. And there. allegations are that since 2005, really, this has been the situation where they saw the demoralization of, of, of the school. And uh, I don't know, but older learners... Um, at the moment, according to the policies of the Department of Education, cannot be kicked out of school because the learners who were involved in this mess were, um, some of them older than your normal matric pupil and not even in matric. So um, because of the policy of progression where you're only allowed to stay in a school for a minimum, in the same year, for a minimum of two years, um, because of that, they cannot actually kick them out as their right to basic education, which is now kind of but going to be contrary contrary to the new legislation that they're working on which aims to make sure that children minors even if you are in school who are held criminally liable will then be kicked out of school which is going to be quite a different u-turn well the age of pupils at high schools is always going to be a bone of real contention yes uh, because uh, people do need basic education you can't get through life without it uh, but um, to limit the age as well could be something that can protect younger pupils mm. but this is a very 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 worrying trend that we are seeing where violence is actually in and around it's our very schools. common if it's very it's very common yeah. so yeah the children will be expected to be prosecuted in due time. Now to now to have a uh, 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 a closer inspection of our of our topic today, we are going to go and speak to Mr. Mahate Nkhapele. I'm sorry that that the the the, uh, the 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 surname is unusual on my tongue, Mr. Mahate Nkhapele, uh, the a principal uh, at Legal Aid. South Africa, and he'll be discussing the matter with us. Rounding up all, all the top all stories, the top of, stories the of the week. Legal hotspots. Law focus, handing you your rights. So, looking at our law, Millicent, one of the most important um, uh, parts of our law, which deals with children and justice and, and how we treat children in terms of our law, is Section 28 of our Constitution. And it says that uh, every child has a right um, to a birth certificate, to uh, be a with name, a nationality, identity, a name and identity. A family, um, yes. And this all sounds very, very, very butterflyish. It sounds great when you uh, put it into a constitution and you write it and it's fly, you know it's flowing and it's uh, but does that translate really into our day-to-day lives mm. when we look at the things that are happening around us and we, we see for instance the incident that happened um, uh, um, yesterday where a, a young individual we couldn't call him a child but a young man was killed and he was killed by uh, by a, a young young people as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. so the, I mean there certainly is a disconnect if, if we have all these wonderful provisions in our law uh, but these don't always translate absolutely I agree and also with a lot of children some of them being born in South Africa no birth certificates statelessness is becoming a thing mm. and it's happening to the most vulnerable people who are the children so section 28 I'm not sure if it must be revised or if our behavior should be revised in how we make sure that the very progressive laws that we have are indeed translated because I think everyone admits that South Africa's constitution is one of the best in the world and we've got so many other legislations that are there to support to support to support it and 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 these um, laws for children that we have but day in and day out we see horrific tragedies taking place uh children being victims of crimes dying when they don't deserve to be dying you know so i'm not sure where exactly the problem is yes we have come i mean we can take stock 
you know, over the last 25 years, how far we've come. When I was uh, a pupil, this is going back some time now, uh, one of the methods of discipline was um, corporal punishment. Mm. And I, if I remember correctly, that was outlawed in 1996. A lot of people uh, complained about that, but um, uh, in the end it was... Uh, uh, outlawed and people have come to accept uh, that corporal punishment within schools for instance is not an acceptable way of disciplining a child so I think that we have come far but we've also got a very very long long way to go it makes me wonder if we were just being too ambitious in the first place um, pertaining the policies that we have and and all the laws that 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 uh, we came up with that we are struggling it seems to be able to actually maintain at the moment um, but we definitely going to try and find out more on this and many other um, aspects of the law and how they how how our rights to, uh, for children pertain and and are protected and in order for us to do this as you know it is National Child Protection Week. It was launched by the Department of Social Development on the 2nd of June, and it goes right through the 9th of June. This is a launch that was established in 1997, and the reason for this is to raise awareness um, of the rights of children as articulated in the Children's Act. Now, the theme for this year is let us protect all children to move South Africa forward. I think it's a lot of pressure that is being put because half the time we struggle to maintain what we aim to actually achieve. Yeah. But I think it is it is it is a good aim nonetheless yeah. and we're going to support this move and uh, to help us unpack this work and what they're doing is uh, Ms. Kani Ngumalo, who is the Deputy Director General of Welfare Services at the Department of Social Development. And she joins us now on the line right here on Law Focus. Um, but before we speak to Ms. Kani, it seems that we don't have her on the line yet. We are going to get into our voxie. So uh, this week we asked, do you believe that children are safe in South Africa? I think it's an interesting question and this is what you had to say about it. Mina, according to my point of view, I don't think the children are safe in this country, especially in Gauteng specifically because of the human traffic lanes are alive. This thing of uh, campus control whereby they have to accompany you to your residences, which is also not safe because I'm a security lawyer as a company I go to our residences. They don't have any form of a defense mechanism on them. Personally, I don't think children in South Africa are that safe, mainly because of the environment they in around schools. I know someone who is studying teaching and she's doing her practicals, and the environment that students are in are not really that safe. People were coming in with knives and guns, and I don't think it's safe for people to be exposed to those kind of objects around them. I'm not going to be able to live in South Africa. I'm a generation old. From each generation, a good one, a young generation, a special generation, a white generation, a man, and I'm saying you could say. Each generation is a generation incompetent. I could say that each generation is a cosive. So I ask you. Children are already so fragile in society and things like social media make them even more vulnerable. You get kids posting their location or posting where they are like at the moment that they're at that place and they make themselves so much of an easier target exactly so that makes them very unsafe. So we are now joined on the line by Ms. Connie Ngumalo from the Department of Social Development. Thank you so much for joining us on the line, DDG. Welcome to Law Focus. Uh, good evening and good evening to your Thank you. Now, South Africa has been celebrating Child Protection Week for 22 years now. And this has been an, an initiative that was implemented by your department and in raising the awareness of the rights of children. How effective has it been thus far and how has the outcome for 2019 in particular been for you? Yeah, I think you're right celebrating this child protection for some time now. I think this year marks 22nd anniversary. 
of the child protection is that what we see, there are some positives and negatives. Uh, Policy-wise, we I think we've moved as, as, as a department or as government in terms of putting policies and legal framework in place. But I think we still need to do more in terms of ensuring implementation of those policies. But also what is key, you know, considering um, the safety of our children is community action. We need to make sure that we strengthen the social mobilization part and working with civil society to make sure that communities really take responsibility in protecting children. But also what is important, we have realized that we need to listen to children more. With this theme for this year and already the activities we have um, undertaken, children are speaking out. They are beginning to say, listen to us. To us, we know what we want. And we are the ones who are experiencing all these hardships that they are confronting us. So if you listen to us, you'll be able to address the needs that we have. They also ensure that we need to strengthen families. It doesn't matter what structure, what type of structure of a family, because in South Africa we've got different forms of families. Mm. So we need to make sure that we support those families so that they can be the line of defense, first line of defense for children in South Africa, because currently our children are so vulnerable to various things, various social issues that we come across. But I think we're saying with this campaign, we shouldn't stop. It should be a 365 days campaign, but also we're saying during this time, that's where we put more effort and try to mobilize South Africans and media and everyone else who's interested to say, it takes a village to raise a child. Absolutely. My child is your child. We need to make sure that everybody plays a role in protecting children and raising awareness. Okay. Um, hello, Ms. Nwal. This is Sabah Mohapi speaking. I'm co-hosting with Millicent. Um, I hope you're all right. Um, I wanted to ask you, do you think that the department has is, is adequately resourced? Is, 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 are you finding that to be a challenge in terms of the, the amount of work that is required from the... Um, from the department versus the, the number of children who are vulnerable mm-hmm. and are at risk? Is the, gov- is, is the department able to cope? Is it getting the sort of uh, recognition support. and needs of sort of support that it really needs? Yeah, let me start by saying resources will never be enough. But also we need to make sure that any country which is really serious about its future, future needs to invest in children. But also to say the role of protecting is not only for social all other government departments, be it health, basic education, uh, you name them, has to play a role in terms of protecting children. Mm-hmm. So I can say we need more, you know, professionals, your child and youth care workers, your social workers, to be able to provide the much needed services to children. But remember, child protection starts at home, where the child comes from. Mm-hmm. And it's cool, it's a secondary place because you stay at home. When you look at recent, you know, incidents of children being killed being in their houses, you know, these things happen where they are supposed to be protected and safe. Yes, so yes. it tells us also that it means there's something we're not doing, that we need to make sure that we strengthen families, we support families, we educate parents, we empower them with skills of parenting, but also promoting communication and neighborliness in terms of people should be able to assist uh, in terms of protecting children. So we can say schools, you can see now recently we have an incident where children have an eight-year-old, I think, has dead uh, a ten-year-old to death or yes. vice versa. Yes, I yes, can't remember yes. the ages. Yes. yes. So that for me says where was the parent when the child, you know, left home with a, a, an object? Or else this child got an object somewhere, but it says there's no proper supervision mm. in terms of our children. We are transferring this to the teachers, and the teachers are so busy that they are doing education, but we are saying to them, you can't teach a child who is troubled. So you need also multi-skills to be able to deal with a troubled child. Yes. So that your teaching and learning environment is such that it protects 
all the children that are in that learning environment. Yes, yes. No, that I mean, uh, the, the, that's a very, very, very important message that we need to get across. Yeah. I wanted to ask you again about uh, another question about the, the. I want to talk about the most vulnerable children mm. in our country. So, you, we we say that at home it must start at home, which is correct. It must start at home. If we look mm. at the number of children, for example who've lost parents to HIV and AIDS or to violence or whatever the case may be. So we have a large number of child-headed households within the Republic. Does, do we as a, do, do we have a, 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 a program or, or, or any assistance in terms of orphanages or foster uh, facilities that allow for those children who are without supervision and without parental care, is there a place where they can go? And how can members of the public assist when they are confronted, for example, with a child-headed household that is just, it's not working, it's failing, it's completely, you know, a 14, 15-year-old raising a 6 or a 7-year-old, that kind of situation. Do we have uh, uh, programs to assist them? And how can a member of the public also intervene there? Thank you. Hello? Mr. Mumalo? Yes. Yes. Oh, um, breaking up a little bit. Oh, I'm breaking up. Can okay. you hear me now? Yes, yes, we can. Yes, I'm saying we do have various programs that we are running. The first one is the Community-Based Prevention and Early Intervention Program, which happens at a local level through the drop-in centers. But also you must know that um, there are child-aided households that we have defined in the legislation because if you are below 14 years we are saying you can't be running a family mm. at that age so at least with those ones we remove them and put them in a place where they can be taken care of by government mm. but if we are beyond we have a support system to be able because in most cases these children they don't want to be separated for obvious reasons because they want to bond as siblings they want to grow together and share yes. whatever they have. Yes. So yes. that's the only support so, structure that still exists, hey? Yes. yes, so they wouldn't really want to be separated. But also where, you see, when we remove the under-14s, we take them to child and youth care, where we take these children and they access education, we make sure that they are house mothers, they take care of them until they reach... At the age of 18, they go to university from that environment. So we do provide, but you raised a key issue to say, how can a member of the public uh, assist? Because mm. we need foster mothers. We need people who can adopt such children where it is possible to say, I do have enough resources. I think I can take care of two or three children or even one because you give them a permanent home where they can grow with security. So we're encouraging members of the public to say if you feel you are in a good space to be able to adopt, to be able to foster such children, come forward and talk to social workers wherever you sit. I know that at some point we had challenges in terms of foster care backlog, mm. but we're saying don't sit back. Let's go because we have we are busy currently addressing the problem of shortages of social workers to be able to provide these alternative care arrangements for our children so that they can grow in an environment that is conducive for them to unleash their potential to be a good citizens. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, we also know that abuse is a big deal. All kinds of abuse whether it's um physical or sexual and and children are of course the ones who are most victimized by this behavior now there are adults who might not believe that abuse violence sexual conduct against children is actually a big deal for them it's a trivial matter there are people who still have that mentality and they might name things such as molesting and raping as grooming and I think it, it is shocking that we have people who still believe uh, such nonsense in this day and age about people who say things like this. At the end of the day, they are part of our society. And you did say earlier that a child is brought up by an entire village. So everyone has a part to play in how you become. 
how do we help people who still have these kind of mentalities? Look, there are some of the things that are non-negotiable. They are directly criminal activities or criminal acts that need to be reported to the police, you know, in terms of child abuse, sexual, you know, emotional and physical. And in terms of the law, anyone who witnesses such abuses, you need to report straight to the police because we cannot allow a situation to continue like that. I know that there are also harmful cultural practices that are linked to some of Mm -hmm. these abuses. We are beginning to say, we have already also spoken to the uh, traditional leadership. They are also condemning this because they are saying, you know, these people who are involved in this um, uh, type of practices, they are, you know, uh, not doing it in our name because they use culture to, you know, do certain things. You even mentioned that they will say it's a grooming because some of them, they use culture to say, you need to be married at a certain age or to have a partner at a particular age, which is not acceptable, you know. So some of these things that are happening in those areas where people are witnessing them, please come forward and report because to do some of these things. Even grooming children, whether it's through a, a technology or physical grooming, it, those things are not allowed. Yes. But they are happening. We can't say they are not, but we are relying on the community members, the neighbors, anyone who's witnessing, even the media to say, we have uh, identified this type of a case, please deal with it. Yes. yes. And and I, and I know that our, our courts are are quite strict on that. Um, yes. the, uh, the sexual offence against a child is ordinarily a Schedule 6 offence, mm-hmm. and yes. so it, it's taken very seriously by courts. But it has to come to the attention of the authorities through somebody, yes. and that person can be you as a member of the community. Yeah, absolutely. If you are joining the conversation, you are listening to Law Focus on Vow FM and it is Tepa Mohapi together with Millicent Ndiweni. We are talking to Ms. Connie Ngumalo, who is the DDG um, at the Department of Social Development and we are talking about children's rights. So, DDG, you also mentioned that we need to all play uh, parts in supporting um, the initiatives that you as the departments have. And you also spoke about the Department of Basic Education, which I think is important if you guys work together because you're both dealing with children from a very young age, basically. And do teachers have the skills? Um, are they equipped? Do they have the support? to deal with the complexities of our South African reality of some dysfunctional families, violence, and particularly in reporting procedures for children whom they believe are being abused? Yeah, I can say yes and no, because what needs to happen is that these teachers need to be sensitized on whatever signs and the reporting mechanism. But what is important is that we are beginning to advocate for school social workers. We know that we don't have enough, but we're beginning to say education. Is it possible for you to appoint school social workers? So teaching and learning, because remember, the teachers are there to teach. Mm. But at the same time, they are teaching some children who are really troubled, who are confronted with social ills, who are confronted with all these abuses. So. Who is going to support them to deal with this other part while they are busy doing their teaching and learning, you know? So we are busy in talks, in them as education because we are having a challenge in terms of the number of social workers. But we are saying, if they can appoint social workers in schools, it will really assist. It will be a game changer. Uh, for our children in South Africa. Mm. Oh, great. And there's yeah. also the United Nations Children's Fund, UNICEF, and that is a body whose key priorities include assisting vulnerable children, such as those who may have been dispossessed, and in accessing uh, births, registration, social grants, and, 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 such, uh, and such and such. These are children who obviously have been deprived of family care. I want to know now from you, uh, is the department working in conjunction with this body and what support mechanism are you offering them and how functional, how, how functional has it been thus far? 
Are you referring to the UNICEF South Africa? Yes. We, we have a very good relationship with UNICEF and we every year we sign a work plan with them to say these are some of the deliverables that we want you to support us. In fact, they are a technical support to us as a country. So because they are working around the world, we also have an opportunity to learn best practices from other countries in terms of how they protect their children in those countries. So they bring that technical expertise in the in the table. So every year we sign a work plan which is co-funded. Sometimes it's funded by them and we also support in terms of whatever funding may be available in the department to achieve those key deliverables that are in the joint work plan that we signed. Mm-hmm. So it shows you that we've got a standing relationship which is very strong. Even now with the violence prevention for children, they facilitated that we become one of the pathfinder countries so that we, we, we join the global uh, world in the fight against violence uh, uh, taking place against children. So I think it's a key strategic partner that we always work with to be able to ensure that we as a country uphold um, the rights of children. Mm. I mean, do you, do children in South Africa also perhaps have too many rights? Maybe this is another aspect that we're not looking into. Yeah, I think that debate, even on Sunday, it was uh, that question was asked to say, maybe we do have many rights. Unfortunately, not. We don't have many rights. It's just that we need to make sure that we teach children responsibilities because all these rights that are in the Bill of Rights are having responsibilities. Certain things won't happen if a child is not taking a responsibility. For instance, you can say a child has got a right to education, when you take a child to school, but if the child doesn't study, the child doesn't comply with the rules and doesn't do all, won't do well in school. Mm. So those are the key responsibilities that we also need to teach our children going along with the rights that I had. I don't think they've got too much rights. They've got rights. Of course, we need to teach them responsibilities, but as society, we need to make sure that we assist in trying to make sure that those rights are upheld because they are, con- they, they are in the Constitution and they are non-negotiable. And I always say to people that all the rights in the Constitution are progressively realized, but you can't compromise on children's rights. Mm-hmm. You can't say we will progressively realize children's rights. Well, you lose children along the way. So children's rights are non-negotiable. So they don't have too many rights. They probably just have a bit less responsibility because they're not doing their parts. We need to make sure that we teach them of their responsibility. Mm. I mean, the final question then that we can pose to you is that, first of all, your department is doing very well. We, uh, I think it's, it's doing a very important job that it has in our society. And... Question number one then, how would you like to see it improving? But also, what future plans do you have for the National Child Protection Week that you can share with us? And how would you like South Africa to help contribute to making this initiative even more successful than it has been in the past? What is it that we can do to be more involved? Thank you. I think... The other activities that we still have, we are closing. Remember, we said just a week. We are closing on the 9th in Whitbank, in Emalasen, in Bomalanga. But we are also saying we have introduced 365 days of child protection so that it doesn't end on Sunday. It needs to be a campaign that is continuous, and we need to make sure that there is community action, we mobilize communities to take charge of their lives, to make sure that they protect their own children in their neighborhoods, and also what is important, child participation, and also listening to children, because often than not, as adults, we don't listen to children. Yes. Even if when we listen to them, we don't trust and believe in our children, because that's why sometimes sexual abuse can happen in the house. A mother will say to the child, 
it's not true. Mm. Only to find that it's true. So well, let's learn to listen to the child because the moment you don't listen, the child wanted to tell you a very important matter and you are not listening. And as parents or as others or as caregivers, let's be available for our children. Let's not transfer the responsibility of parenting to teachers, parenting to uh, no, far from us. Let's play our role. Let's stay. We know we are very busy, all of us. We know you parents are working, but you don't know. That five minutes that you spend with your child, it means a lot. Mm. Because you need to communicate. That child can communicate with you crucial information that can change the life of that child. So moving forward, we're saying let's have community action that will assist in raising our children as South Africans because currently we are not doing it. Thank you so much. That was Direct, Deputy Director General of the Department of Social Development, Ms. Connie Ngumalo. Thank you so much for joining us and being so excellent. Okay. okay. All right. I mean, that was very. That, those are very important points that she that she raised. You know, in this interview, child yeah. participation, listening to the children, adoption. I think there were so many. I mean, school oh, social sure. workers. Yeah. How many social workers might be sitting at home without a job who studied, have a degree? Oh, it's a very interesting and exciting yes. initiative to introduce uh, social workers into the school environment. Uh, it would alleviate a lot of the problems. I think uh, so. Or, or a lot of the pressures that uh, teachers, teachers have. have. It, it would go uh, uh, very far. Yes, absolutely. But I think the most important message that I took from that is that children also have responsibilities and they must be made aware of these responsibilities. And that's an important one because we are so quick to say, I know my rights, but hey, you go to school. Are you studying? Are you making sure that you pass the opportunities that are given to you? Do you take them seriously? That's perhaps another side that we might be taking for granted if you are a child. Please, let's change our attitude towards the rights that we do have and make sure that we also do justice to the rights that South Africa has given you. Moving on, we are going to now be joined on the line by Joanne van Niekerk, who is our expert who's going to help us analyze some of these issues that we have been talking about throughout the show thus far. And she is from Childline. She's going to join us right after this short break. Bringing you the facts, handing you your rights. This is Law Focus. Hello, welcome back to Law Focus. You're with Tapu Mohapi and Millicent. Uh, we are going to be speaking to Joanne van Niedkerk from uh, Childline. It's now 20 to 8 and she's going to discuss a little bit further uh, about the Children's Act and the implications and mechanisms that exist in our law. Uh, hello, Ms. van Niedkerk. Hello, how are you? I'm well. And you? So, <laughs> I'm well as well. Good, good, good. Good evening to both of you. I was just so interested in what you were saying. First of all, I must just say um, I'm working as a consultant at the moment, ah. um, but Childline is still my family. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you for the charity. Um, the, the people there are just so special. Um, But I was very interested in what you were saying about responsibilities because the Children's Act, apart from giving children um, certain rights, um, also talks about the need for children to be given responsibilities and not just responsibilities to themselves, responsibilities to their family, the community and to the state. And those responsibilities must be commensurate with their age and level of development. Mm. So that's a very interesting mm. point, isn't it? Yes, yes. absolutely. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, mm-hmm. and something for parents to think about. That there is a duty to instill a sense of responsibility in our children to in, order, in order for them to function correctly. <laughs> it is Absolutely. something that we need to think about. We're very quick to hop onto the my right, my children's right uh, uh, wagon. And we're not so eager to jump onto what can I teach him about responsibility. Right, yeah. right. Tell us. Yes. What, in your opinion, is uh, it's, it's difficult to rank rights, but what would you take away from the Children's Act as being absolutely crucial? Um, what would I take away? Sorry. Yes. What, would you, sure. what would you identify in the Children's Act as being absolutely crucial? Uh, 
Okay, very important question. Yes, the Children's Act, um, first of all, one of the basic principles that is in actual fact or objectives of the Children's Act is the strengthening of the family. Um, Because the Children's Act recognizes that children grow up in a family and families need to be helped to function well in order to provide the best possible context for children to grow. Now, we do live in a country in which families face so many difficult challenges. And what the Children's Act tries to do is set the uh, tone to provide families with more support. And so in the Children's Act, there's a chapter on prevention and early intervention. And programs uh, provided under this particular chapter are particularly directed to families that are struggling. Now, we are constrained in the implementation of this chapter by our present economic, and let me call it a crisis in this country, which means that although we have this very good legislation, we do not have the resources to make it work in the way it was intended. Mm. But hopefully, as our economic situation improves, um, you know, the the resources will will be allocated. But most definitely, you know, the Children's um, Act is not just uh, to prevent and provide children protection from abuse. It's actually geared towards helping children develop optimally, develop to be the best possible adults they can be. And I think this is an important um, thing to remember about the Children's Act. I think sometimes we see Child Protection Week as all about abuse. And again, abuse in this country is rife and it's very important that we deal with it. But also the Children's Act is there and the intention is to strengthen and provide help to families. they're able to grow their children optimally. Yeah, and on that very point about optimal growth, um, you all, I think then you are also making reference to the fact that your socio-economic well-being is important to your development. And I would like to then ask, with regard regarding grants, which is one of the systems that we have in South Africa, whether it is a disability grant or a child grant, as an analyst, is this a good system to maintain that should continue? And how can it be improved? Well, it's a very good system. Research, there has been a lot of research into the child support grant. You will always get people who do abuse a grant system. But on the whole, the uh, child support grant in this country has actually... Uh, lessened the percentage of starving children. It has contributed towards children remaining at school. It has contributed to families being able to provide um, basic foodstuffs for their children. So the child support grant has been an extremely positive thing in this country. Um, What we would like to see, of course, is the need for there not to be a child support grant. But this would mean that every every adult um, who has children would need to be gainfully employed. And with our unemployment rates very high at the moment, I think it's now around 29%, obviously the need for the child support grant is really quite drastic. Mm. It, it needs to be there mm. um, in order to provide for children. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh, well, I, I wanted to perhaps look at a slightly different facet of it. It's the, perhaps the more unpleasant one is where children are in need of some sort of protection or intervention. Uh, you would have, for example, the teddy bear clinic, the uh, SAPS involved. Um, are we adequately resourced? to intervene timelessly where that intervention is needed. Um, so, you know, assisting them not only physically being there, but are, for instance, our facilities geared towards children uh, being able to explain themselves using uh, uh, diagrams and so on? Are, are we facilitating real assistance to children? 
Well, that is, again, a, a really important question, and the answer to that is no. Very sadly, because of the time taken for cases to come to court, you often find children becoming discouraged, families becoming discouraged, and cases being withdrawn before a child has testified. Mm. We also have the problem of very young children. Very young children are often not seen as able to testify in court. There is a, a, a kind of a test that is sometimes applied, that is sometimes applied in the wrong way, mm. um, that excludes very young children from uh, testifying mm. in court. It makes them almost and inherently unreliable. It deems them almost inherently unreliable, if I, if I understand it correctly, if it's not applied it's, correctly. If it's not, yeah, then the conclusion you draw is unreliable. Yes, yes. And the child then is denied access to justice. Mm. And this is an incredibly sad thing because you have offenders who target very young children because they know that these children will not be seen to be able to testify. And so they can abuse these children with relative impunity. And indeed, we have some serial offenders who specifically will target this age group simply because they know they can get away with it. And so we need to look at our law. There are changes that could be made to help children, uh, you know, be considered competent to to testify in court. Mm. And obviously this is something that needs to be addressed by our Department of Justice. There are some of us who are activating, um, such as Childline and myself, for the law to be strengthened in this regard so that we, we protect children more fully. Mm. Mm. But, but this is not enough. We need to make sure that our criminal justice system works in a far more efficient way. Sometimes children's cases only come to court two or three years later after the abuse has occurred. And then children are supposed to be able to go into court, remember the detail of what has happened to them, and be able to withstand cross-examination on that detail. Mm. And some of the questions are very, very specific. Some of them we would not be able to answer two years down the line, such as, what was the man wearing or what was the woman wearing when this happened to you? Mm. And for many children, they might not even have noted this. Um, Sometimes when children are being harmed or hurt, they close their eyes. They don't know that it's important to take note of these things. And so, yes, we need to be more protective of children in our court situations. We need to have properly trained people in how to communicate with children. And we need to make sure that our cases get into court far more quickly than they presently do. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I agree with you 100% on that. In my experience, there is a massive disconnect. Although massive improvements have been made, there is a big disconnect between what practically happens and what is supposed to happen. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think it is something that the country, if we really do believe that we need to keep children safe, it's something that we have to address. The other thing that sits heavily on my mind as someone who's worked in this field for more years than I can remember is that sometimes cases uh, involving children are withdrawn without necessarily informing the child's family. The first thing the family knows is that the offender reappears in their community. And this is an extremely frightening thing for a child to happen because then the offender, even though they might have committed the crime, might say, you see, nobody believes you. Um, And they may even punish the child for the disclosure in the first place. And one of the things that I would like to see happen, and many of my professional colleagues as well, is that no case involving a child should be withdrawn without a child protection plan being put in place to make sure that when the offender goes back into the community, that child is safe. 
Um, and this is something that that needs to be addressed quite urgently. Absolutely. I think you are giving us like really, really excellent um, information. And to be quite honest, you've answered all our questions without <laughs> us even asking them. Because so we we've come to the end of our interview just like that because you have been so excellent in unpacking uh, the information that you have granted us about everything from the families to how abuse impacts a child to even the protection services that you have now spoken about. I think that was just great. Thank you so much for joining us on the line, Ms. Jo and Vanikar. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. Oh, no, I am so grateful that you're flagging this issue. So thank you. Thank you very much. Good night. Good night. Sure. So just like that, we've literally come to the end of our show. And I think... It, it was in, it was unfortunately very packed. I think yeah. that we had a lot that we <laughs> did not even get through yeah, that we were hoping yeah, would be yeah. able to get through. I mean, it's a very important topic. It and is. We can talk about it for a very long time. Ultimately, this is one of those things that affects almost everybody. You are a child at some point in your life, and most of us will have children. And so it's something that we should know about, be aware of. And help to improve. Absolutely. I think the only sad part really is we missed our first interview, which was supposed to be by Ms. Mahatin Khapele. We did try to call him, but unfortunately, we could not get a hold of him. So yes, yes. that's we missed out on good information about the Child Justice Act. Yes, yes, that would have been also. A that would have been awesome because yes. children are killing each other. If fathers are not killing the kids, yes. you know, um, we needed to really talk about that aspect of, of uh, you know, child justice as well. But hopefully, we can continue the conversation do continue the conversation also on twitter amongst your friends with your family let's help us spread the news about not just the national protection week but even beyond that issues of children are very important and we all should feel the need to empathize about them and educate ourselves about them yeah we should do Ultimately, uh, we are a young nation and the future of our own country is in the hands of our children. It always is. Mm, absolutely. Uh, the father of man is the son. <laughs> Even right? though that sounds a little bit sexy. Right, but, yeah, The father of man is the son. <laughs> we must always bear that in mind. Who we raise today will become our adults of tomorrow. And, our and what do we want to instill in them and what kind of environment do we want to create for those children? Yeah. Those of us who are lucky we'll be able to create wonderful environments but we need to take care of those who are not as fortunate as the the deputy director general said it's up to you and me we can make ourselves available to the li- into the lives of children who are le- who are vulnerable and less fortunate than ourselves. So please, let's all just take a part, find what you are willing to do and contribute, and make sure that you do just that. From our producer Simba Honde, our technical producer Gutwano Sirame, our law focused researchers Sisetu Zingelwa, Nalka Musita, Khaleletz Ankhami, Sipati Makafani, Tapa Muhapi, and myself Melissa Tintiweni. Thank you for tuning into Law Focus tonight. Good night. Thank- Thank you and good night. Law Focus, handing you your rights. Law Focus Podcast.